Thanks for downloading a 3CR podcast. 3CR is an independent community radio station based in Melbourne, Australia. We need your financial support to keep going. Go to www.3cr.org.au for more information and to donate online. Now stay tuned for your 3CR podcast. Panoply, panorama, panpipe, pansy, aha, pansexual, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Sound interesting? Then join Sally on Sundays at noon for Out of the Pan. All those gender questions making you think too hard? Whether it's transgender, bisexual, polyamorous or beyond, we'll throw those questions into the pan and cook up the answers for you. So go on, push that gender envelope only on 3CR 855am digital and 3cr.org.au.
3CR 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. 3CR proudly broadcasts from the lands of the Kulin Nations at the overlap of Wurundjeri and Bunurong lands and we pay respects to Elders past, present and emerging. Hello to any Aboriginal Torres Strait Islander and or First Nations people tuning in and special welcome to sister boys, sister girls and brother boys, my apologies, um, who are listening in and we acknowledge that all the lands on this big island and surrounding smaller ones were stolen and never ceded or largely thereof. I'm Sally Goldner, I use the pronoun she and her and welcome to listeners of all genders, including but not limited to ladies and gentlemen. And this is Out of the Pan, a show covering pan, meaning all, knowing no boundaries of sex or gender. Or there could be a, well, a um, little bit of genre um, boundary stepping today, but we'll hold back on that and relax you because it's Easter or mini Festivus, depending on your belief or non-belief thereupon. We opened up today. Yes, you're rolling out Sally Goldner for Out of the Pan, which broadcasts noon through one Australian Eastern Time, currently Australian Eastern Standard Time. Roll me out from Mia Dyson's great album, Parking Lots, of some years ago now. Oh, 2005. Time flies when you're having fun, um, as you can do um, at times such as at wrestling events last night. And the strepsils have worked. Um, If you want to get in touch with the show... Out of the pan, 855 at gmail.com, SMS 61456751215, tweet at Sal Gold said so. And that's the bottom line um, for all the important issues. What did you think of WrestleMania? Was night one better than night two? And should we hashtag fire Vince? No, that's not what this show's about. And look for posts on Facebook, Sally Goldner and Out of the Pan 3CR 855 AM Melbourne. And very much so today, any opinions I express on this program are my own, not those of any organisation necessarily, with which I have been associated or um, am associated. You can write to the station as well, um, PO Box 1277, Collingwood 3066. Um, Will be possibly just general content uh, note today because we may have to discuss things like a little bit of touch or discrimination slash lateral hostility within rainbow communities. So I will mention... Switchboard 1-800-184-527, Rainbow Door 1-800-729-367. Lots of numbers. Um, and um, yes, if you need them, um, talk to someone. Hope you're having some sort of relaxation on this weekend. I hope you're staying warm and dry if you're in Melbourne slash Nam and surround. It's a bit um, soggy, and I don't mean sexual orientation, gender identity, um, that sort of thing. It's soggy, wet, my goodness. Um, I could barely see a few metres in front of me driving down the freeway to get in. But um, sometimes you've got to see further than um, a few metres in front of you, and um, particularly when you're trying to be an ally, said she, trying to do a blatant segue. Um, Seriously, um, allyship is important. No discriminated against group can do it without the assistance, um, get stuff done, without the assistance of um, other people um, in... Um, in society. So for trans people, that's obviously, um, we need cisgender allies. For bi people, we need allies who attracted to one gender, gay, lesbian, heterosexual. Um, the rainbow communities need people who are none of rainbow communities, and so on. Um, we need all of these things to assist us. And um, it just got, it's got me thinking in the last two weeks that we have had um, a few situations where allies have been a theme it was very, very interesting that four, um, the four trans speakers, um, including yours truly, at the Trans Day of Visibility rally on the another sodgy evening of Friday the 31st of March, were very much talking about allies in various forms. And during the week, we had um, a massive, um, you know, wonderful moment in Australian trans history where Georgie Stone on Tuesday addressed the National Press Club and for our listeners outside of the Big Island, um, whilst it's on ABC iView, sometimes you can't get that, but it is on YouTube as well. Just look for Georgie Stone National Press Club YouTube and you can see the whole hour, the whole kitten caboodle. Um, And brilliant job, 
authentic, heartfelt, honest, um, you know, truthful, not rah-rah, toxic masculinity, toxic positivity. And there's, you know, been one thing that really struck me, and this was quoted many times where Georgie says, and to quote Michael Cole, and I quote, I call on our political leaders, our law and policy makers, community leaders and our nation to stand with trans people, end quote, she said, adding that people can't simply be allies during certain events like World Pride. Quote, this weight that we're carrying is crushing and relentless. We need our allies to shoulder some of the burden. And I'm going to put my emphasis on the next bit of the quote. Because you can't celebrate with us at World Pride and then scatter when the attacks come. End quote. Oh, actually not in quote. If you want the pride and the glitter and the confetti, you also have to stand with us when it's uncomfortable and scary too. Bang on bullseye target there, Georgie, because this is a huge concern. It's really you know, sort of coming to a head. Um, a few weeks ago when I had um, the fabulous Dino Curie on the show at um, um, when I was up at Chill Out, which was a wonderful time, he spoke of an experience at Mardi Gras where a 78er was told to get out of a photo. Now, that's just appalling. (laughs) I'm sorry. I'm laughing in that sort of shock denial sort of laugh that we can do. Um, Is that allyship to our communities um, from other people? No, it is not. It's not acceptable. And, you know, the thing is, it's something that I, this allyship issue is something that I think about a lot. And it's a discussion we have to have because one of my favourite quotes comes from the awesome Breeny Brown, who said, and I quote, to have the, sorry, to not have the conversations because they make you uncomfortable is the definition of privilege. Your comfort is not at the centre of this discussion. Well put. So let's look at privilege. Um, I would put myself, you know, sort of middle to upper if you had to rate privilege. One of the things... I titled this program Ally Do's and Don'ts. One of the things people do is they tend to look at privilege in a one-dimensional way. So, for example, a gay man hypothetically might say, well, I'm gay compared to a heterosexual man, therefore I've got less privilege. But, of course, if you're a rich, white gay man, you might have more privilege than a very poor gay gay man of colour. And so we can't we can't look at it one dimensionally, and I think this is a big mistake that people make and need, need to stop doing. And um, I'm the first to admit that I've plead guilty to this in the past, where I thought because I'd faced discrimination, certainly as a bi and trans woman, in terms of my neurodivergence, where a particular workplace said to me, we don't know how to talk to you because of your neurodivergence, so we don't talk to you, which is a breach of their duty of care, uh, sorry, their positive duty to eliminate discrimination in a workplace. And they still didn't do reasonable adjustment even after I went to the Victorian Equal Opportunity Human Rights Commission, which is abysmal. Um, I thought I'd heard it all. You know, pretty horrible experiences when a part of you, an at- or use the term an attribute, is attacked. But of course, I don't know what it's like to be a person of colour, a refugee, um, an Aboriginal or Torres Strait Islander or First Nations person. And the thing that I do is I try to shut up and listen and tell other white people to shut up and listen and as much as I can and get other people in. It's unfortunate that my one of my guests today, uh, my guest today is unwell. Uh, otherwise, we would have been, I would have been shutting up and listening to her. Um, in that in that um, context, so I think we need to be really aware of our of all aspects of our privilege and where we sit on each scale of privilege, and I don't think we do that well enough at all. Um, using that earlier example, and as I said, I plead guilty. I thought I knew it all on discrimination. I, in the early part of my life, experienced at a Christian school. Um, anti-Jewish stuff, which, you know, it was, of course, in those days, it was called, well, poo-stirring, I won't use the exact term, and it was meant as a joke, which we all know, of course, is just a cut an excuse, cover-up, rationalisation for bullying, discrimination, vilification, etc. And so um, I'd experienced all that, and, well, it really was nothing. 
um, compared to what other people have gone through. It is my my story, and I affirm it. And we shouldn't actually be doing hierarchy of the press. That's not what I meant to say. But when we stop and listen to other people and empathise, it can be a useful thing. I'd like your thoughts on this um, issue of privilege. Um, And um, Kayleen has um, SMSed in saying, Hear, hear, Georgie. Um, Yep, I'm with you on that, Kayleen. Tag. Um, as they say at the wrestling. Um, so let's, I'd welcome people's thoughts on this. You know, um, what stops people being better allies? Um, what do um, people need to do to build more allies? Apart from keep talking about, as I said, as um, all four trans speakers at the TDOV rally did. Um, so these are the things that we need to consider. Um, let's get your thoughts and feelings um, and queries Um, because we like queries um, on this show. Um, Let's get them in on all the means of communication out of the pan855 at Gmail, SMS 61456751215. Tweet at Sal Gold said so, and that's the bottom line, and on Facebook. And in the meantime, let's have a track from local artist Queenie. This was her first single, which was released last year, called The End. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital. 3cr.org.au and 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally.
you or someone you care for is struggling with a mental illness or other disability and you need someone to talk to, you can call the Wellways Helpline. Wellways Helpline is a volunteer support and referral service that provides information to people experiencing mental health issues or other disabilities, as well as their family, friends and carers. We're here to talk if you are feeling socially isolated, seeking information about mental health or mental health services, or just need someone to talk to. As a peer-based service, everyone working at Wellways Helpline has a lived experience of mental health issues or disability. Wellways Helpline is a national service and operates Monday to Friday, 9am to 9pm, excluding public holidays. So if you're struggling yourself or are struggling to help someone else, please call Wellways Helpline on 1300 500. That's 1-300-111-500. Wellways supports 3CR. Coast to coast, top to bottom, Night Owls on Rhythm brings you the best in Australian blues and roots to ride through every Tuesday night at 11pm right here on 3CR 855 on your AM dial. Happy birthday to you. Let's think about the good times. Don't get feeling blue. No, don't get feeling blue. It's okay if you do, but try your best not to. Um, all in my best Dr. Phil voice, all feelings are valid. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally on a mini Festivus Sunday. Um, copyright Seinfeld, it's not the big one. That happens towards the end of the calendar year. And if I hope it, um, if your faith means something to you, um, that it is renewing and replenishing you and helping you in your life to renew and replenish others. And that can include no faith at all. We don't like binaries on this show. We try to avoid them. Um, and there are no binaries when it comes to being an ally, because as I was saying just prior to the uh, music, which was the fabulous Queenie, um, um, which I'm now going to do a a Ronnie Corbett and digress on, um, which reminds me of the track I was playing in the first place. Um, got to see Queenie for the first time um, supporting um, Jules, uh, when, uh, who was a guest on the second last live show of last year of, for Out of the Pan and had a wonderful gig down at the Cactus Lounge um, in Thornbury. And Queenie was the opening act just with um, her guitar and just mind-blowing, one of those... Um, musicians that can hold an audience and just is really really awesome and that song really stood out although I didn't know it was at the single at the time and the next um, act on uh, Hannah and Katie with great good humor and warmth said um, what you know how much um, bourbon do you have to drink and weed do you have to smoke to get a voice like that um, it really is quite amazing and um, the second single um, Naked Again has been launched as well so follow Queenie on Spotify and I think there's some big vinyl CDs that you can get as well which um, all sorts of things you can get you can get more self-awareness to be a better ally which brings me back to the story I was going to tell you in the first place and it's not good night from me yet um Anyway, yeah, allyship. One of the things that, um, as I said, was chatting about in the first segment was the idea of looking at our privilege intersectionally. And I admit that I haven't always done this. And where it began to really hit me was around, I think it's nearly eight years ago now, I was on a panel on privilege. So I thought I'd better do some preparation and research, you know, these 1980s management concepts that are making a comeback. And track down as best as I could on this. I'm not, I'm yet to see a, a full diagram of all privilege. I mean, there's always things that get missed, which is actually going to be the whole point. That, um, you know, I was looking at it and the two that struck out to me were two that I'd never thought about before. I was, I say that I was aware I was white and that entailed privilege, although I'd be honest and say I didn't know how much it meant at the time. I'll come back to that. 
But the two that leapt out at me in this case were that I'd always had a roof over for my, my head, uh, so never homeless, and it was all, and then there was one that flows from that. It was always of my own choosing. I've never been held in custody slash incarcerated. The other one, though, was educated. And it's a privilege that in Australia, given that we push people to go to school, um, or some might do homeschooling, we perhaps don't think about. And I'd be the first to admit that I hadn't. And what does that privilege entail? Well, you know, yes, it's all very well to use sometimes fancy words like um, trans and gender diverse and polyamorous, but does everyone know what they mean? Probably not. And, you know, labels are important. I'm not, you know, I want to affirm people's labels, but how then do you find a win-win solution? Well, you may have to explain the labels. You may occasionally have to use language that isn't ideal. I mean, sometimes if talking about misogynism, well, cisgender men of any sexuality, not just heterosexuality, can be misogynistic. And I've um, certainly experienced that from gay men. I've experienced it a couple of times from bi men, only rare. And it stings because usually bi men are pretty um, good on anything to do with gender and self-awareness. This was some guy on an email list when they were around. And it's, um, um, you know, sort of knowing um, that that you know, privilege is there in that, multi, you know, sort of intersectional way um, is really, really important. I mentioned that um, of the lists I've seen, not all of them cover everything. I think neurodivergence um, needs to be listed separately on any list of attributes where you're considered privileged or not. And I think that given the fact that so much talk about all the various forms of neurodivergence has really, I don't know, only begun to flow through in the last 20 years, particularly the last five, give or take, and I'm being very rough there, um, perhaps a lot of neurotypical people haven't thought about their privilege. And I know lots who haven't. Um, and the thing is, I don't know everything about every other form of neurodivergence and what we need to do. So we just have to be open to learning, be in the present moment, ask people what sort of reasonable adjustment they need. I know that when I used to work in office um, settings before I worked from home, which has now largely been for the last four years, one thing, my neurodivergence um, as a deep processing introvert and highly sensitive person I couldn't stand was constant interruption. Just get your concentration going. And someone comes by with some innocuous query and goes, it's like, oh, God almighty, did you really have to ask me that then? And you would try to say, look, can I have, say, two solid hours to get my work done and then we can have a chat? No, it had to be important. It had to be done urgently. Um, so all those sorts of things. Um, and as I said, I've been victim blamed for my neurodivergence in a workplace. But um, it is about looking at our privilege sort of in this multifaceted way. I'm not sure if there's ever some sort of ranking or weighting, W-E-I-G-H-T-I-N-G, that we could do to look at it all. And how, of course, how do we objectively place ourselves? I mean, Obviously, yeah, I've got white privilege and I've largely got Anglo-Saxon privilege. Um, but um, you know, sort of um, how high you know, how high is it? Is that a 95 or 99 out of 100 or something in each case? Whereas compared to being trans um, is obviously lower than cis. And is a trans woman lower than a trans man? Sometimes yes, sometimes no. Um, you know, uh, it doesn't matter. But in the wider scheme of things, you know, how do, how do you put all this down? Um, do my hidden disabilities uh, mean anything? They have in the past. They don't uh, mean as much to me anymore. So all these sorts of things to consider. But I bring all this up because I think there's two unconscious bias forms of privilege that get um, overlooked a lot. And one is what I call middle, and they're very similar in a way. One is what I call middle class privilege, which despite the fact that I might appear to many to be middle class if we're measuring that by income and wealth, believe me, I'm not. Um, and the other one, which is kind of similar, is what I call corporate privilege. We live in a society that privileges the corporate sector, in very rough terms, the corporate sector over the small business sector, over the public sector, over the community sector. Um, whilst the community sector, the workers therein picked up, I think, some ground during the pandemic because of the amazing things that health and community workers did. Um, in terms of management and leadership, the community sector doesn't often get looked at as privileged. So there's this, one of the things that goes wrong into a big don't in allyship is saviour complex. 
And I've seen corporates come in thinking they have to tell community organisations how to do that. I was on a, 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 um, well, was took part in an event a few years ago where you had to pitch for funding. And the way I was spoken to as a community sector person by someone with a corporate background on how to speak and how to write my pitch, it was as if I didn't know anything. And it was really patronising. Another time... I had someone with a corporate um, commercial media background start telling me how to write news articles and do media, and I've been doing it for 20 years. And there was an element of misogynism in there as well. Funny how they seem to combine sometimes. Um, Funny as in sad funny as opposed to ha-ha funny, really. So all these things can come into it. And, you know, I think that um, we seem to start looking at these things because I think, and I'm going to come back to middle-class privilege in the next segment because I think there's a big one there that links into the recent debates on privilege and where people fit in on allyship. So in the meantime, let's have a listen to a track from one of my favourite artists of all time, and this is one of his favourite tracks, which I don't know why it hasn't caught on as a coming out anthem. Maybe it's not dancey enough. Dance music privilege in the queer communities? Who'd have thought of that? Um, This is the acoustic version of one of Colin Hayes' tracks, um, which is just brilliant. Well, they're all brilliant. Um, This one's called Waiting for My Real Life to Begin. 3CR, 855 AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au, 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan, with Sally. Checking the horizon 
like my machine Sure to be that call It's gonna happen soon Soon Oh so very soon It's just the times I leave And you say Be still my love Open up your heart Let the light shine in Don't you understand Oh I already have a plan I'm waiting for my real life Three CR eight five five AM three CR digital three CR dot org dot AU and three CR on demand out of the pan with Sally. First broadcasting noon through one every Sunday afternoon. Thanks for your company. We just heard from Colin Hay from his sort of compilation album Going Somewhere, which was which was released in two thousand and two, and had some old songs and some newish songs. Um, songs that were on his very first solo album, such as Circles Erratica, and that one which came later, Waiting for My Real Life to Begin, which is just such, to me, an amazing piece of music, um, written by um, two people, Tom Mooney and Colin Hay. Um, Tom Mooney, an Australian drummer. And there's a story about the song, which uh, apparently was where... Um, Tom brought over a box of 13 donuts to Colin's house and was the key. That's, oh, I've been waiting for my real life to begin because there's 13 donuts and the song just then finally came out. There you go. Um, well, some things need to come out and that's where we get to the crunch of today's program on allyship and in the well, theoretical coalition that is LGBTIQI plus communities. And again, it comes back to Georgie Stone's comment about if you want the pride and the glitter and the confetti, you also have to stand with us when it's uncomfortable and scary too. Because in the last couple of weeks, um, one of the, you know, 10 days or so, I was wonderful that we had such a huge crowd um, on the Friday, the 31st of March for the TDOF rally, given the weather conditions, 85,000 fans at a football match, um, comedy festival, flower show, Grand Prix, um, really, really amazing. And it was great that there were lots of union banners there and many other banners there. But apart from Switchboard, which was obvious given that Joe Ball was speaking, I have to say I feel sad and a bit concerned that we didn't see banners of other so-called leading LGBTIQA plus community organisations. Where were they? They're there at Pride March where it's all cheery fun and rah, rah, rah. They're there at Mardi Gras when there's lots of Chardonnay and pool parties. Um, But I didn't see them there now. It was very packed at the State Library. If someone could see some of those queer organisation banners there, then um, you needed to um, tell me I'm wrong, and I'll happily acknowledge the ones that were there. But as I say, didn't see them. And this is where I feel very, very frustrated in line with Georgie's comments about allyship, um, that they're not there. 
um, the response after the um, uh, particular UK visitor event in Melbourne, now where are we, three weeks ago, from Prime Minister Albanese was criticised neo-Nazis, but it didn't really stand with trans people. Where are you, Anthony Albanese? Where are you on this? You know, it's all very well to do the the stuff that at least has a chance of political um, promise, like the voice. But, you know, time and again, um, you know, we see that opinion polls say that the way trans issues are being debated is totally to the disgust of most Australians. They don't want them, these issues debated that way. So there's no political risk. And yet, apart from... Um, we had Jed Canney on this show almost, a, um, where is it now, 10 months ago after the federal election, and yet um, we still haven't heard from Medicare reform, about Medicare reform. We haven't really heard anything about trans stuff, and Georgie's um, requests, um, as per the Press Club speech, the three demands, increase funding for family support organisations, ensure and protect access to gender-affirming health care, and introduce anti-vilification laws. They're great. We also need funding for trans organisations, not just the family ones like Transcend and Declaring My Interest, Trans Family and Not My Interest, Parents of Gender Diverse Children. Um, But we need it to be led by trans people because many people are now feeling really let down by a cisgender gay and cisgender lesbian so-called allies. I had lots of support during this latter half of March. People would ring up... um, you know, or message or whatever, and say, how's it going? You're okay? Anything I can do, which is wonderful. Other people less fortunate than me don't have that. Um, and um, it's about giving those people space. I was at one, I'll just say, gathering of trans people where watch trans people of colour, um, queer people of colour, um, queer and trans pe- migrants and similar refugees were going through as far scarier than what I was experiencing. But we need that leadership. We need it you know, to come from the top. And yeah, we got that in Victoria. Um, you know, well done to Daniel Andrews and um, John Pesuto um, for their actions, although criticism does go to John Pesuto for the slap on the wrist to Moira Deeming. Um, and so we need these things done, but we need more than just these things. We need positive um, funded campaigns or funding organisations to do the, the advocacy and ed- proactive education work. As Georgie says, it can be crushing and overloading. Um, and again, to quote her, and I will um, give direct quotes here, which may be a little bit of a content note, um, but um, she says, quote, usually in speeches like these, I try to put on a brave face, but the truth is I'm genuinely feel for, fearful for my safety I'm tired of being targeted. I'm tired of going to sleep at night worried about what hateful, horrible messages I will wake up to. This last month has been a taste of what is happening to trans people here and all around the world, which I also want to come back to, um, end quote. Um, So, yeah, we need that allyship, and I don't think we're getting it from a lot of our large so-called LGBTIQA plus organisations. We know that they threw us under the bus during the postal survey. They threw others beyond trans under the bus. And my sources say that when a certain federal candidate was um, out and about last year, they did the same again. And this is the debate that we have to have and why they're not doing enough. Are they only just really concerned about groveling to politicians for the sake of their own funding or if they and are they really committing to their values and doing allyship? And how are they doing it? Are they, you know, making, helping trans, you know, just, we'll say, walking with trans people, um, excusing any ableism in that, or just being with trans people um, to make sure that we can energy, get the energy we need to keep going and, stand, and being with us, or are they doing saviour complex? Are they butting in after trans people have done all the hard work and taking credit? And I certainly believe, unfortunately, that one um, well-known so-called leading cisgender um, ally does that and that's really problematic, and that person does have some significant influence. And these are the debates we have to have. Why is there this bottleneck? You know, we got marriage equality out of the way. There's the majority of the public are decent people, fair-minded people, yet we're not seeing progress at a national level, and we're only perhaps... And we're not seeing it in New South Wales. 
And even despite the Aston by-election, we're still not seeing it. So um, we've got some you know, hard questions to answer within our communities as to why our allyship may not be up to scratch at times. Um, tough questions, tough things to ask, but if we don't, we're in trouble. Let's have a listen to some great Australian music. Um, this um, act was the opener for a visiting US act, Charlie Crockett, in about four weeks ago in March. Um, and, and the singer-guitarist is absolutely awesome, a kick-ass woman, as they say. Here's Caitlin Harnett with her band The Pony Boys and from Late Night Essentials and a track called 5AM. 3CR, 855AM, 3CR Digital, 3cr.org.au. 3CR On Demand, Out of the Pan with Sally. movement is not going away here or overseas. It gives me hope seeing the numbers of people that turn out to these Invasion Day demonstrations in Melbourne. It gives me the understanding that we will win, folks. We will succeed! You're listening to Radical Radio on 3CR, 855 on your AM dial, 3CR digital and podcasting and streaming on 3cr.org.au. Hi, I'm Eric Bibb, and you're listening to 3CR in Melbourne, Australia. 
Indeed All You Are. And we'll have a track written by Eric Bibb but sung by someone else coming up to close the show very, very soon. Um, so there it is, allyship. Other, you know, do's and don'ts. I think if I had to sum up the do's for allyship, it is you need two qualities. You need humility and you need to be able to listen. Um, to borrow from that famous philosopher from World Wrestling Entertainment, The Rock, know your role and shut your mouth. And I think that's a really good approach to take and um, check all prejudiced people into the Smackdown Hotel. Um, and I think humility, you know, it's, this comes back to something else about a very masculine slash male-dominated society. Leadership is seen as getting out there, being out front, doing it. Sometimes you can lead by taking a back seat, so to speak, and listening. Um, dare I say, and I know I'm being horribly stereotypical, but we need to balance positive masculine and positive feminine leadership. And um, we've got another here, here in from, Kay, from Kayleen uh, about some of my comments possibly about allies in the last segment. Hmm, in my best Mike Moore voice. Um, there's lots of rallies and things happening around the world. Um, we just heard a message from the Black Lives Matter rally and Freedom of Species today. Um, wonderful show with speeches from the Dominion, Dominion Animal Rights March. Um, get my tongue around that. So um, that's, um, you know, this is um, where we need, this is, the, uh, this is why we need 3CR. You hear these alternative voices that go below the surface and don't just um, disappear when the, the glitter fades away, to quote Georgie Stone. And again, just what a wonderful job she did. It must have been pretty stressful for an hour. Lots of good questions from a range of journalists, Ginger Gorman, people from the ABC, SBS, um, others. And just want to give a couple of quick credits on good allyship. Nellie Thomas, um, fabulous cis bi woman, um, gave away free tickets to trans people to an event that she did at the um, during the comedy festival, Dear Nelly, a podcast, um, where she um, also um, did her first ever sort of drag performance, which was lots of fun. Um, yeah, uh, what more can we say? Um, so thanks to that. And also thanks to the fabulous crew from Freedom of Species, a show they did a couple of weeks ago, did speak to a Hobart-based animal rights activist who then talked about her first-hand account of the Hobart rally of the British tourist um, because her child comes under the trans and gender diverse umbrella. And so for the true allies out there, thank you. Keep quietly plugging away and we can all be allies to each other, um, which is really important. Now, please be safe over this Easter in lots of ways, particularly if you are on the roads or in any form. I mean, yes, vehicle driving, but it is very slippery out there. But even um, as I was getting my always needed caffeine in a store this morning, there was a bit of um, slippery footprints and nearly fell over. So even if you're a pedestrian, be careful. Um, you know, try to have some bright colours or, or something and make sure you look after yourself. Um, but also, you know, once you've got that sorted, make sure you have some fun safely. You might see me at a certain event in the city tonight. I had a, a lovely, let's just say I had a wonderful time up at Chill Out at the Tomboy event up there. Could it be that I might be at the one in the city later today? Well, if there's enough coffee, I could be there. Um, so, um, yeah, in, the, in the, amongst it all, amidst it all, let's have some fun. So take it out today. I promised you a track um, written by Eric Bibb, but this one comes from um, a fabulous artist who I'm not sure has recorded in a while. Perhaps it'll um, got a bit busy um, in life, as things do. Um, the fabulous Diana Wolf and the Wolfgang recorded live at St Andrews many years ago with this Eric Bibb song, and it's called Too Much Stuff. Um, don't end up with too much stuff um, because uh, it's um, not... Um, just the right amount of stuff is always a good way to be. Don't empty your psychological backpack out safely. Something like that. Anyway, um, Freedom of Species coming up next with speeches from the Dominion Animal Rights March. Thanks for tuning in to Out of the Pan. I'm Sally Goldner. Catch you next week. Behind me, 
ended up I ended up with Too much stuff I had to get more money I took a trip to the bank Said I'm running on empty Put a tag in my tank I got a brand new guitar And a big TV I bought a house in the country And a DVD Stop. 